Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of Publishers Weekly Comics World, as well as the comics reviews editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. All right, this week on More to Come, NYCC, ICV2 uh, <laughs> to come. We'll explain the initials later. Comics on TV, MTV Geeks, Foles, hmm. Viz Manga on Amazon.com, um, Dark Horse Goes Random, and the graphic novel Gift Guide. Oh, and of course, news briefs coming right up. So let's get right to it. NYCC, ICV2, what is all this alphabet soup? New York Comic Con yeah, and the Internal Correspondence Version 2 Conference. That's Actually, right. nobody ever says that anymore. I ICV2 know. is <laughs> what it is. Dating yourself. But next week <laughs> is the uh, New York Comic Con. It kicks off on Wednesday with the ICV2 Conference, and all eyes point to New York with yes. uh, Comic Con coming. We ran our preview in this week's issue of Publishers Weekly, actually, and as usual, People are worried about crowds, uh, very concerned about crowds, uh, not having too many people jamming the aisles as they have in the past. Uh, badges at a premium. People are begging me for a badge, and I have to say, <laughs> I can't help you. Uh, whereas in past years, it was uh, very easy to help. Those were my da yes, the days, my friend. Yes, we yeah, should have just taken a handful and put them in our pocket like <laughs> everybody else did. But um, but yeah. yeah, well, there's there's a new technology that um, New York Comic Con and RFID for RFID NYCC. To yes, we you want initials? We got initials. Uh, new technology to try to help them control the crowds and, and maybe put a handle on the numbers of people who are coming and going uh, with or without passes. Um, uh, you know, obviously, as usual, there's a huge amount of programming. Uh, we're going to be a part of that. I've got a panel. Uh, in fact. Let's start from the very beginning. We both are doing panels at the ICV2 conference right. and, the day before. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking up because I, I knew what my subject was. But anyway, they're both very interesting. They're both. Uh, yes. I think the topic, I've, I've got my, it here. My topics are about the topic of my panel. Actually, it's just different ways that people are approaching um, uh, the comics medium, just funding it now. Like going to yeah. talk about crowds funding. We're going to talk about digital, of course. It's called uh, creator to consumer. Yes, right. There and just go. the different pathways that we have to get to the consumer right now, which, as we all know, are as many as there are consumers. Uh, and, yes. So and we'll my the panel that. I'll be doing is graphic novels growing in a digital world, and we've got a great lineup: uh, Layla Acker from Viz Media, Greg Goldstein, the president of IDW, uh, Trudy Knudsen, um, a, uh, an e-content acquisitions manager at Follett, Dallas Middle. Uh, from Kodansha, and rather I should say from Random House Publisher Services, uh, Rich Johnson, uh, the, the head of uh, Penguins, a new graphic novel in print inklet, uh, and I'm leaving someone off, Barry Nailbuff, the uh, author, uh, the co-author of Mission in a Bottle, uh, the graphic business story of the launch of Honest Tea and how they, you know, a couple of novice entrepreneurs turned it into a hundred million bottle a year business. So uh, we're just going to be looking at the at the category and where we see it going from the from the different perspectives of different people in the business. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, my my panel, uh, which Calvo's had his up, and I don't. So anyway, I know that Jamal Eigel is on my panel, and uh, a lot of other really. Uh, Callista awesome Brill. Callista Brills, yes, yes. Uh, Who else is on my Simon panel? Fraser yes, is on Yes, I here. should actually yeah. look up and see. Aaron Act from Activist. Jamal Eigel, you mentioned. Uh, Dan Manser, Director of Marketing at Diamond Comics. Um, and uh, a real heavyweight, John Roberts, the co founder of Comicsology. Yes, that's right. So, so a lot of movers and shakers. And of course, Milton will be delivering yes. his. Um, his um, the white paper. Yeah, his, his white paper. And um, uh, which is the stand of the uh, industry with all the statistics and what's up, what's down. So uh, this is a must, must, uh, must attend. If you are into the business of graphic novels, um, you know, we are all co sponsors of Milton's conference, but I would really strongly. Uh, I would strongly urge people to attend uh, because it really is the one time of the year when people get together in a kind of a uh, conference setting and talk about issues that are facing the industry. Yeah. You know, last year we had, uh, we were talking about digital, of course. I, I, I did a panel that was about uh, digital future comics and, you know, different ways of storytelling. I think John Roberts was on that panel too, actually. But um, 
A lot has happened in a year. Yeah. <laughs> a well, lot has well, happened. Milton There's a does lot a great to go job over. of yeah. really putting together a room full of really the smartest people in the business yeah. to talk about where it's going. He does it all the time, and this isn't going to be any different. No, no. Oh. Uh, but, you know, then the show kicks off the next day actually with uh, a uh, business uh, industry professional hour up until about 3 o'clock. There is uh, library programming, um, graphic novel programming, mm -hmm. some industry programming, and then things really kick off with the consumer part of the show for Thursday night. And uh, we both have a bunch of panels. Now, I have a panel on, uh, again, I should have my, my uh, schedule up here. But uh, on Friday, I am doing a panel with Barry uh, Nelbuff of Mission in a Bottle and uh, Sun Yun Choi, who's the artist. And we'll talk about the making of the graphic novel, which I think is a very interesting yeah. uh, example of applied comics. Uh, which is what people are calling now these kind of nonfiction uh, instructional comics. Um, and well, it's a business book. I mean, in that sense, I mean, it's Crown Business is publishing. I think this is very interesting. I mean, this is a this is a a graphic, really a graphic business book. That yeah. Really, it's not it's not in a comics imprint. Yeah. Yeah. It's done at Crown Business. Yeah. They do hard headed, no nonsense business titles, but they put together a book here that's really entertaining, but has all of the details. Yeah. any hard-headed businessman yes and it have. does it in a very scott mccloudian way yes, now i just want to point out here conflict of interest i am actually a consultant for this book so please take this uh, as hype whatever i say about it okay but uh <laughs> i wouldn't have taken on the book if i didn't think it was an interesting book yeah. and uh yeah. i think it is really fascinating how they use it uh mccloudian storytelling techniques to get across mm -hmm. it's really very dry but anyway yeah. that will hopefully calvin's your yeah. job uh i I'm not uh, talking That's about right. the book but anymore. It, it, but uh, you know, I love the book. Uh, it's uh, it's in our uh, graphic novel yes, guide yes. gift. We'll it, talk about that a little later. Also, uh, <laughs> but anyway, that is one panel yeah. I am doing. I am also doing a panel that is actually sponsored by Publishers Weekly. It's called Euro Comics, and yes. I'm talking to every year a New York Comic Con has become the go-to convention for uh, people from Europe. And because it's too, because <laughs> San Diego's so much further away, it's closer to closer. Europe. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it costs like two thousand dollars to get a ticket to San Diego now, whereas New York Comic Con is only a thousand dollars. So, um, and the hotels yeah. are cheaper, obviously. But uh, so anyway, I have a really fantastic the hotels panel. in New York are cheaper. Really? Than San Diego. Wow. Yeah. Well, you can so get one. You can get one. Can and get certainly one. at San Diego time, they're, yeah. they're, they're, these hotels here will be yeah. much cheaper now. But uh, on and the And it's panel, just more hotel rooms. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I mean, anyway, go on. Anyway, we have uh, Esad uh, Ribic from Croatia, Will Slidey from Ireland, Emma Viaselli from Great Britain, Stephanie Hans from France, and Alvaro Martinez from Spain. So uh, it's cool. just going to be about the, their work. Uh, the native comics traditions in those countries. Uh, I've never actually seen a panel like this, and I'm kind of excited Ooh. for it. It does <laughs> sound right. No, it yeah, right? Great. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully the first of a traditional uh, panel. Another panel I'm doing is also one that I'm pretty excited about, and I've never seen this one done before either. So, uh, I was, and this panel, the the Eurocomics panel is on Saturday morning. Uh, this one is uh, Saturday afternoon. It is uh, comics documentaries. I'll be talking to Maria Cabardo, uh, who is the director and producer of a comics documentary on Jeffrey Catherine Jones, the late artist. Uh, Ian Fisher, who made a documentary about Steve Rude. And Patrick Meany, who is the director of documentaries about cool. Warren Ellis, Grant Morrison, and soon Neil Gaiman. And uh, again, just getting these great people together mm. to talk about their work. And uh, I know Maria and Ian, I helped them both uh, actually, I'm on several Patrick's movies, so again, I'm I'm sort of uh, you know involved. Great. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Direct comics is a small <laughs> yes, world. Exactly. Yes, it is. It Direct is Direct from the editing room. Yeah, but virtually. let's just say I know uh, at least two of them had a very dramatic story about making these movies. That's almost right. as good as the story on the screen. So anyway, well, should be a very interesting panel, well, and we'll have a sneak peek that. of the Neil Gaiman documentary. Oh, so. so there you go. So um, I'll be there. You know, yeah. uh, in fact, uh, but I'm doing one panel. That's about all I can handle. But I've got one panel on Saturday, and it's apparently called just graphic novels. <laughs> you know, but it's a well, very small topic. So, <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, there you go. But that said, it's got a, a lot of, you know, I, I will just say in advance, I, I don't organize the, the panel. Usually what happens with these panels, uh, someone approaches me to do the moderator. But that's... Now, with that's, that caveat. Yeah, with that caveat. That said, <laughs> the, the, the organizer is handing me really a terrific group of artists to work with. So it's called Graphic Novels. There you go. You can fit anything into that box that you'd like. But we're obviously, we're going to talk with... It's a group of younger artists, and we're going to talk about their books, what they're doing, and where they see the format going. On my panel, I've got... Check this out. Uh, let's see. 
Um, Tony Cliff, the guy who's done that terrific webcomic, mm-hmm. Delilah Dirk and the Turkish Lieutenant, coming out from first second. Uh, Matt Kent, uh, who's got the graphic novel Red Handed. That's out. He'll be on the panel. Lucy Nisley, the fabulous Lucy Nisley, uh, whose new book Relish uh, is just out. Is that also from First Second? Yes, it is. I think all of these are. Interesting. Uh, You know what? Looks like they're all from First Second. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So this is, yeah. I suspect this is it. Anyway, um, no, they're not all from First Second. Excuse me. Uh, Tim Leung from Super Graphic will be on there, which is not really a graphic graphic novel. novel. It's really infographics. insanely cleverly really uh, designed uh, but with absolutely uh, terrific research I mean the designs are awesome and clever but they're really based on really smart and thoughtful research um, and you might want to check him out he's on our podcast list too we've interviewed him yes. uh, MK Reed from the Cute, the Cute Girl Network published by First Second yeah, also yes and Emma <laughs> Emma Vivelli um, of um, Vampire Academy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure who's the publisher that is. That's not for a second. But I don't think it's for a second. You know, it's funny. The, your panel is right after my panel with Emma on it. They put the two panels oh. with Emma uh, right back to back. Oh, so, cool. Oh, uh, there you she go. was worried about my panel, how she'd have to run out at the end and run into your panel. Well, she so. wants you to just stay in, stay in her seat. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So. So check us out. Uh, mine is at 2.45 on Saturday, and it's an hour, and it should be great fun. And you'll, you know, and in, uh, everyone, including me, will learn a little something. Yeah, and my panel is at, I believe, 1.45. So, man, that's like prime time on Saturday. Everybody wants a panel that time. So, woohoo! There we go. All right, so... Um, if you can get yeah. into New York Comic Con, I yeah. think the big story this year is going to be the new badge technology. Uh, 116,000 people expected somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. And all of them have to tap their badge. Yes, that's to get a in. whole lot of you gotta tapping. You got to tap it. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, you can't even just wave it. It's no. Not, it's not going to no, be like No, no, oh. you got to tap it. All right. And so if, anyway. But if you go on, just a quick note to anybody who happens to be listening, if you haven't um, activated your badge online, when you do activate it online, you get entered into a contest to win a Chevy and you get, and 50, you get 50 free, free digital, digital comics, comics from Comixology. So it's kind of a good deal to activate your badge. Yes, uh, PW uh, Comics World photographer, friend of the show, and my wife, uh, Jody Culkin, has already gotten her 50 comics. Yeah. Which she was bragging mm-hmm. about just the other day. So, uh, shall we move on to comics on TV? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of them these days. Obviously, uh, the new Shield show leaps out, but we, we've got a couple other topics to talk about as well. Well, it seems like with the Shield show kind of unleashed the. Uh, Unleash the torrents, unleash the hounds, because now uh, Warner Brothers has been going TV crazy. I mean, if it isn't the Arrow show, which is already successfully running on the CW, and they're spinning off the Flash now, so uh, you know that's coming at us very quickly. <laughs> and uh, but then they just announced, timed almost exactly to coincide with the debut of the Shield Agents of Shield TV show on Arch Rival ABC. Uh, ABC. They announced a new show called Gotham about Ooh. the early years. I think going to be cool. Uh, Jim Gordon. Young Jim, Jim Gordon. Gordon. Yes. But young I, I, this Jim seems Gordon. to be kind of related to what was what's the comic? Uh, Goth- Gotham Knights or Gotham, uh, no, um, Gotham Central? Gotham, Gotham Central. Central. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I always love that comic. I mean, these yeah. these stories that take place out of view of Batman. Right. I think it's a great idea. It's a great idea. It's a proven uh, proven topic that people like watching TV. Oh. <laughs> the other show that was announced was a bit of a surprise. It's a new show based on Constantine, or John Constantine, yeah. Hellblazer. Uh, previously a movie yes. uh, miscast with Keanu Reeves. But, um, oh, was so it hopefully ever. we can get like, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch for this too. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, English I, actor I, as an English character. Well, I think we'd all be better off if it wasn't Benedict Cumberbatch because it's hard to think of a male British actor who is less like John Constantine. And I say this as a Benedict Cumberbatch fan. So, Kate, yes, who is on our our English actor shortlist here for this? Well, actually, it's it's a pretty long list. (laughs) (laughs) These girls know what they want. Um, No, I mean, for for example, uh, just off the top of my head, the guy who plays Hathaway on Lewis, which just finished, he's blonde, he's the right age range. He looks like he could vaguely be Constantinish and can play someone with an IQ higher than a cabbage. Yes. Sorry, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> so Sorry. there you go. Give the fans what they but, want. Uh, anyway. I have no suggestions at all, so yeah. I'll let you yeah. know. Have to, I'll have to do some intensive mm-hmm. Tumblr research to okay. come up with some <laughs> Yes. The, the only thing that has me a little worried about it is that aside from being involved in uh, Nolan's Batman trilogy, David S. Goyer is also known 
as the guy who did Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. And flash forward the notably non-successful television series, not to mention Da Vinci's Demons, the show about Da Vinci in which we pretend Da Vinci wasn't gay. Rock on. Yeah. <laughs> well, Goyer has definitely had a checkered career. Yes. I didn't put him in Akiva Goldsman territory quite yet, but, um, you know. The it guy could go the, either way. The, the, it go either the, way. Both these TV shows involve showrunners from The Mentalist. So if you like The Mentalist, you might like one of these shows. Um, of course, uh, Gotham, amazingly, already ordered, like, sold. Yeah. So it's going to be a TV show. A whole show. season. Yeah, yeah, whole season. I mean, no it, pilot, it nothing. might get canceled after one episode, but we doubt it. Um, Constantine is a pilot order, but if they don't make the pilot, they will be hell of really penalized. So there will be casting. They're going to make the pilot. They're going to make a pilot. a pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of stories with Constantine uh, based on Steve Bissett's Facebook page. So Steve Bissett is the artist who created the visual look of Constantine all the way back in Swamp Thing back in 1985. Yep. And he was saying how he wasn't going to get paid for this pilot. And uh, and I'll, everybody ran with this, and and, and as I, I just posted about this on my own website, but uh, everybody, we're the first to jump on ripoffs. But people, this is not a ripoff. They haven't even made a pilot yet. Okay, like <laughs> there's they, no money. There is there's no, no money. money. <laughs> they bought Warner Brothers bought Constantine like ten years ago, and they paid the money then. So and that gave them the right to make a TV show out of it. So there is no money yet. <laughs> if there is money down the road. Then we will, you know, TV yeah. money takes forever to come out. Okay, this is not something where you know the show's on the air Monday and on Tuesday you got to check. Well, okay? I think the smell of money is in the air. It, it, it is, <laughs> and I mean, I, I as I said, I mean, Steve Bissett <laughs> speaks out about creators' rights issues. God bless him, and he keeps yeah. it in people's, in people's uh, you know, eye and in the in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But uh, Warner Brothers has been very good in the past about this kind of thing, and I think it doesn't do them a service when people who are trying to do the right thing. To tar- get jumped on. To get jumped on, yeah. yeah. So, and, and Bissett didn't do that, to be honest. So, I mean, he just said this is what's happening. So, yeah. you know. So, what are you um, going to do? All right. Uh, so, we, we do reality shows. Uh, well, do we want to mention them briefly? Okay, but then eventually we want to talk about Agents of we S.H.I.E.L.D. We want to talk well, about S.H.I.E.L.D. We want to talk about that. I, well, I haven't seen episode two yet. Could I, I, I am going to jump in and say one quick thing about mm-hmm. these, though. It's like S.H.I.E.L.D., sure. like, it's definitely on the low budget. It is yeah. like nothing yeah. is blowing up. People are standing around in a room talking, basically. Well, well I mean, I well, think there was a little explosion at the beginning of the first episode. I will say, in the second episode, and they jumped off of a building. In the second episode, they actually invested in either a fake Mesoamerican temple or they actually went down to mm. South America. I don't know. A set? A set. A set, Heidi. They paid <laughs> yes. for a set. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I. I do feel like they chose the concept so that they wouldn't need to blow their effects budget every yeah. single yeah. week. Yeah, and I think yeah. Gotham is the same. Yeah. And I think, they have, and I think they have some very, I think they sort of target certain effects. If you saw the first episode, I, I did think the... Um, the, the superhero uh, the effects robo- were pretty good. The, the superhero effects for the guy was I thought was pretty good. And I also thought the um, the uh, the robot... The flying robot. The flying robot... Um, crime scene, you know, robotized CSI scene. I, actually, that was kind of cool. I actually wonder if those might not be real because a little drone that looked a lot like that was used to um, harass uh, Angela Merkel at a campaign stop. <laughs> um, the drones are coming. Uh, yeah. I think, I'll, I'll I think say the, this. The, I don't think so only because I thought that the movement was just too smooth and too mm, perfect. Yeah. So I don't really think that they were real drones, but... Uh, they could have been real they drones. They could have been it's real It's theoretically drones. possible, but I guess maybe they... Yeah. But, but the show overall, personally speaking, I actually uh, sort of went through various temperature readings during the show but by the end of it I actually was kind of into the program I haven't seen the second episode but I will uh, but I think it's I think it's got promise to be an interesting it, it has promised I'm, I'm not 100% d- sold well done yet comic book show. but it seems to be well done yeah I mean worst case scenario I'm gonna feel about it like I do about elementary which is this is a show that you watch when you're bored and you need to watch a television show um, but best case scenario I'll love it yeah. uh, it's yeah. I'm still not a hundred percent I love it territory but the second episode got me closer to that and frankly I think the best thing they could do is to have Agent Ward tragically eaten by an alligator and or supervillain mm-hmm. well Joss Whedon are you listening to the well, <laughs> well, you know, it, is, um, 
problematic. He's no Jim uh, Cavazil. Well, know? you know, I think he's kind of meant to be annoying, but, uh, well, but <laughs> and and he is. Well, I mean, I think they're aware that he's a little annoying, but I think they think that his amazing hot heartthrobness will make up for it, and it doesn't. And he's not. Yeah. Um, the, but, the cardboard acting will take care of. All yeah, of that. that's but, the problem. Yeah. Well, there's. A, I, I will say, from what I've seen of Shield, it, it there's a. It's very low watt, you know? I mean, for something yeah. that's big and over the top, like like uh, the Marvel Universe, it's very... But, but I kind of think that that's... I, I mean, personally, I kind of think that's part what of the you charm. have to do with okay. superheroes these days, I, I, in my just small opinion. I, I kind of think that they have the most impact when... And it, it, frankly, the way they did the show. I mean, the, the character that is sort of trying to uh, hide himself uh, when he does shows his show his powers, they're they're even more effective. So, right. No, well, I, I mean, and the whole the whole shtick of Shield from the very beginning is you want to see what it's like to live in the Marvel universe if you're not one of the superheroes. Right. I guess what I'm saying, also, well, look, I mean, not everything can be Breaking Bad, you know. No, true. I, I think nothing else can be Breaking Bad. Let's, but I'm just saying, yeah. I not. I mean, I I yeah. I think if you look on. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think I have very high hopes for Joss Whedon. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's sure. but the thing is, it's not all Joss. He does yeah. have two co-showrunners, yeah. and they. I What's mean, his brother? Come on, Kate. Let's. Uh, it's all in the family now. Come True. On. But I mean, they they did make uh, Doctor Horrible together, yes. and that was good. And yeah. hey, but I, there's I, been two shows. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Exactly. We'll be talking but about this. There every are week, some shows some that show are months. slow developers, like yeah. for example, sure. Grimm. The first few episodes of Grimm were Grimm. Um, they were they were kind of really terrible, but you know after like three or four episodes, the show found its footing and it was great. And it's one of my favorite shows now. So I mean, this did not start out terrible. It started out predictable, um, and it, it seems to be having a very fast learning curve. Right, so right. you know, well, by I've, episode I've five, I may be loving it. Who yeah, knows? I'm sticking with it. You know, yeah. for for a while because we want to yeah. uh, we want to see Marvel on, on ABC. Yeah. yeah, and even if it never gets any better than it is now, it's still eminently watchable. Yeah, right. it's just like JAG or yeah. NCIS, Florida. All right. Or okay. with Agent Coulson. Yes. Okay, moving right along. MTV Geeks, gone. What's oh, up yes. with that? Yes. Um, they did a lot of comics coverage. Um, some news. Uh, I, I can't say I read them every single week, but... Um, well, I think you just nailed it right there, Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> As goes well, Kelvin, you know, so goes yeah, the world. Yeah, so, so I like to think, yeah. but... Uh, I suspect there are probably other forces at work uh, on its demise. Uh, that said, in fact, uh, one of our freelancers kind of s- didn't know what happened either, who actually sort of freelances for them as well, just said she went to turn in her story and there was they no said, place to turn it into. Said, sorry, closed yeah. up shop. Yeah, well, this is just the latest in 2013's Diaspora uh, Purge. Oh, right. There's a whole uh, R- R.I.P. Know, for... Hell, sh- uh, hell hole. I, I fanboy. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Comics I, Alliance for a minute, but yeah, they're back. they did come back. They're Emmy, back. Uh, Emmy, uh, Emmy uh, yeah. Eisner nominated Comics Alliance. Yes, uh, yeah. You know, blog at Newsarama closed down yes, with a whimper. Yeah. The writer went to another site. Um, so, and then the, the New York Post had launched their own geek blog, and that mm. kind of vanished with the, the creator on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, uh, saying they're going to do something else, and apparently the, he is launching his own independent yeah. uh, website. So there is something rising from the ashes, but uh, it's been... And, but you know, we're uh, here think, for you. Yeah, we I, are. I think the problem is that... <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. Eventually, if you don't have a business plan for how exactly your comic coverage is going to benefit or tie into your parent company, eventually, if you don't magically find a way to make money sometime between when you start and a couple of years in... Eventually, the money runs out. Are you saying it's the underpants gnome syndrome all over? It's again? the underpants gnome syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder. Step two. I do wonder when when sort of comics focused um, uh, categories are started on you know broadcast media, cable media. I do wonder if the comics pull in enough numbers for the kind of numbers that the bosses expect to see. Um, I mean, you would think that it, obviously that kind of a TV exposure would would pump up his traffic but maybe it didn't yeah well i think um i think they were covering the geek world and you know mtv has a huge website that has a ton of 
uh, very successful yeah. outlets. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, MTV Geek just never got to, to hmm. the, the top of its game. It had a lot of really good writers. It had yeah. good good setting. But, you know, I think... It didn't have any zing. It didn't have, it didn't have the zing that really it needed. I mean, like, Comics Alliance was shut down by its parent, AOL, but it came it, back because everybody yeah. was so passionate about that yeah. site, you Without know? And they had hired... It has, it has a very clear personality. Yeah. It has features you don't well, find anywhere else. Maybe that's what you're saying. It has a personality. And yeah, the Comics Alliance really has personality. Yeah, exactly. It's so, not just yeah. a site about comics. It's a specific site yeah, about comics. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, all the writers are very, very well oh, versed, yeah. and mm-hmm. you knew exactly who wrote each each yeah. topic. And I don't know, their headlines were better too. That was <laughs> that I never often, hurts. Whenever I talk to anyone at MTV Geek, I was like, "What is up with your headlines?" But anyway, okay. that's my all own. Right. Moving on, uh, really interesting issue. Viz Manga has struck a deal with the Amazon Kindle Store to make fifteen hundred volumes across 160 of their best-selling manga series available on the Kindle Fire HDX and HD and the Kindle Paperwhite. So this is going to be interesting. I mean, the Paperwhite is a... uh, Basically, I'm against all comics on e-ink devices. Now, I will say this. The Kindle Paperwhite... uh, Is wider. Is wider in in a... Fairly white world. It's about as white as you can get. But it really is a uh, high-res e-ink screen. I have not myself seen black and white manga on it, uh, but I will make it a point to do so. I I will say that I think that, in a way, I think black and white manga is a better candidate for things like the Kindle Paperwhite than uh, American comics or even American black and white comics because they just tend to have bolder, freer lines that shrink down better. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that's, but this is this is an unusual circumstance. Viz has pretty much handled all of its digital retailing. It the supply they have the there's the vizmanga. dot com website where you can get it. Um, the Viz uh, the Android and Apple app. Uh, there's um, Weekly Shonen Jump Al- uh, Alpha, the uh, weekly digital anthology of simultaneously published manga in Japanese and English. Uh, and this, I think, may be the first time that their manga Letting is Joseph available control. through another mm-hmm. right. retail right. channel. Well, you know, it may so be it's that it's because there's no other way for them to get onto all those Kindles. You know, like for right. for mm-hmm. an Android or well, iOS app thing, you can make your own app, but you really can't do that with. Well, remember, a you can take a Kindle and you can a Kindle tablet. Yeah, you can. You can and jail, go to the website. You can you can go on the website or you and can yeah, jailbreak it, but it's not the same thing. No, at no, all. I'm not talking about jailbreaking it. You can go to the site and buy manga through. It's a it's a tablet. The yeah. Kindle K, the Kindle HDX and the Kindle HD. They are tablets. They you are. Don't tablets. have to buy books only through uh, Kindle. Right, you can but what, I, what I'm saying use is the web browser. You can use the web yes. browser, but if you want somebody to be able to use it as, a, to read it as a thing on there when they're not connected to the internet, to actually have that downloaded to themselves, it's, you know, the only way you can do that on a Kindle that does not involve like three or four other steps and downloading yeah, and re-uploading it's is, to yeah, you got to go through Kindle. Yeah, Kindle's it's optimized, optimized for Amazon. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, what but it's just, for. But just as with, uh, you know, the, the Kobo tablet or the Nook tablet, you can buy, you can go around and buy yeah. it but you know, the, yeah. the browser, I, but I, it's a pain. But You're I mean, right. you know, without knowing any of the details on this, I mean, let's face it, this is like more of what yeah. we were just talking about with consolidation. I mean, yeah. we were talking, you know, no, J-Manga, right. you know, R.I.P. J-Manga. Mm-hmm. I mean, they tried it. They tried to do their own thing, and guess well, what? It didn't work. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm going to say this about J-Manga. I got to be honest. J-Manga was kind of really not very well designed. But well, I mean, I mean, I... It was crappy. It didn't I even mean, have an app. Yeah. I mean, I might, but, but yeah, no. And we all know J, why J Manga failed. But I mean, my whole point is a lot of people sit there and they're like, well, I'm going to own this transport yeah. mechanism because I'm so big and it I'm going to do easy. my own. And guess what? That's pretty the, hard the to do. The fact of the matter is now there are a couple of places where that aggregate huge numbers of eyeballs. That's true. And if you expect to sell in certain categories, you better be on them. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Comicsology has just sold its 200 millionth comic. Yeah, that's so right. So make of yes, that what you will. Too, yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. It took them, to what, uh, from 2007 to 2012 to get 100 million downloads. They've gotten another 100 million downloads between the end of 2012 and before the end of 2013. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're we're entering the so, well, digital. Well, but world. you know, as people always point out, that could include free. Downloads. That does include it free. Does not mean but they're they, all paid. But, but they have matter. had a lot of free right. ones for a long time. I mean, yeah. they've always had free ones. To That's people in. a lot of eyeballs. That's and I mean, I would be interested in seeing how that compares to print comics over the same period. In fact. Huh, Todd. Yeah. Oh, Todd's got a job. Anyway, we'll find somebody <laughs> to do that. Let's have our somebody. number cruncher. Yeah, yeah. Number. Uh, John Jackson Miller. Just very John quickly, uh, the Viz manga on um, uh, Amazon will be generally six ninety nine. So yeah, so, that's yeah. a pretty good bill. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, not bad. Uh, so uh, while we're talking about um, retail channels and uh, consolidation. Dark Horse uh, has gone random, and that by random we mean Random House well, well, Publisher Services. Wait, now that I think about it, that's probably why they increased the price, and they warned everyone they were going to increase the price because probably oh, right. Amazon point. wanted them to increase the price. Actually, that's a good point because they raised the price that's uh, right. just in time yeah. for yeah. Amazon. Well, they, I mean, they give their own reasons for raising the price. But they didn't blame. They claim well, it's that not, it's not a blame thing, but well, it may just be the the financial ramifications of doing it. For, for you example, talking, you guys are talking about Viz, not We're still Dark talking Horse. about Viz. Just to our re- listeners yeah, to, to, to who might yes, not have seen yeah, that. We're still talking about Viz. Um, Viz just, raised its prices the other week. Yes. Um, but I will say that, for example, when Bay and Books went to Kindle, they told everyone, hey guys, we're going to have to raise our yeah. prices for financial reasons that have to do with going on the Kindle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, there could be a tie in there. Yeah, the timing no is suggestive. It could certainly be a, it could be tied into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, <laughs> but back to Dark Horse. Uh, yes. Basically, Dark Horse, who had, up to now has been uh, distributed by uh, Diamond Book Distributors, uh, they uh, took the leap. They are switching uh, their worldwide um, bookstore, tra- general trade bookstore distribution uh, to Random House Publisher Services, really one of the biggest and most sought after distribution services in the trade book. I mean, obviously, it's owned by Random House the biggest publisher in the world. They have the biggest accounts. They have a huge sales force. Uh, they have an amazing, like technologically dazzling um, fulfillment center. Uh, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer, uh, no knock on the DB, um, right. DBD, but, um, you know, yeah. uh, Random House has a lot to offer if yeah, you're looking for distribution. It, it does. And, of course, DC went to Ra- Random House a few years yes, ago, and yeah. a lot of people were skeptical then. They were worried that a big, giant house like Random House, it's very easy to get lost there. But uh, it turned out that they had some folks there who thought that comics and graphic novels were a pretty good sales point. And yes. um, so Dark Horse probably is... Ha- In fact, that when I ran this news story, and then somebody who worked at Random House tweeted, it's like, I can't wait to get started. So yeah. um, there's there obviously go. some comics moles. Yeah, and they've got a advocates. few. Who else is at uh, Random House? Uh, where everywhere. Kadansha is there. Kadansha is there. Uh, Titan Books is there. Titan Books. Uh, Archie is there. Archie, yeah. yeah. Uh, and in Archie, I did a whole story about the book division, Hardy, about how they're selling more books than they've ever sold before. Uh, so this is very interesting. Uh, when I talked with Michael Martins about uh, the, the VP of trade sales there, uh, he said basically they also have ambitions beyond the graphic novel category. So they really see uh, Random House Publisher Services as be, being able to get in front of the buyers in a variety of categories right. as well. Well, I mean, let's point it. The, the big success story at Dark Horse the past year has been their Legends of Zelda yes, art yes, book, which art sold books, like yes. well over, I think it sold something like 200,000 yeah. copies on um, just like, it was on our bestseller list for for weeks. Yeah. Um. So I guess yeah. when you see a book selling like that, you are like, um, you know, let's try to do more. Yeah. And uh, also they have a huge international market. Uh. And we should make clear, uh, Diamond Comics will continue to distribute their their, their graphic novels, the periodical comics, and pop culture merch to the direct to the direct market into the uh, comic specialty trade market. They will continue to uh, on that side of the business. So should we talk about our gift guide? We should definitely talk about our gift guide because it's awesome. <laughs> uh, this year, uh, last year, I was in um, uh, Frankfurt, so I wasn't around for the compiling of Calvin, the issue. you didn't get to do the gift guide for several years. I know, I for several so years. so bad. Like, this is the first time. Yeah. So I got a chance to do it. Matt, Matt and I teamed up. So it uh, was interesting. Uh, we, we got about 37 titles, uh, not counting the four digital subscriptions that we added in there. We got it in half the number of pages because we did get a lot of advertising in this issue, but we still had smaller pages. But Matt did a great job of laying it out and getting the, all the visuals in there. Uh, I, I don't have the thing in front of me. Do we have an issue? Uh, but it's got great stuff in it. 
uh, Joe Sacco's uh, um, fold out about the uh, the Battle of Somme in uh, World War One. Absolutely awesome. I think it's 24 feet long. This seems to be the year of the fold yeah, out. Yeah, they're also raging uh, Poseidon. By yeah, because Andrews Nielsen has that as well. Um, there's and, so much more. And speaking of which, if you didn't pick up this at your local bookstore and you're coming to New York Comic Con, guess what we're handing out free to all our faithful listeners and readers? Yes, yes, yes. Do we have our booth number yet? We do not all have right, our booth well, number yet. But, but we will be raffling. Twitter, our Twitter feed at PW Comics World at we're, Twitter. At our Facebook page, PW Comics World. And we'll be passing that along. We're yes, be, not to mention we'll publishersweekly.com slash comics. Yes. We will keep you informed of our whereabouts. And if you come by our booth, you can take part in our free raffle. It, pick up a little candy from our candy dish and maybe get a free issue of Publishers Weekly. And you can meet Come Kate. on down. You can meet Kate Fitzsimmons. And, That's and right. possibly Calvin and Heidi, if they're some resting with us in between their hectic we'll panic schedule. We'll be around. Sorry, hectic uh. panel schedule, Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, if you hate, you were right the first but time. But if, if, <laughs> if you've been to New York Comic Con with us, you know it's also a hectic panic schedule, too. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, but comics is graphic novels, really great stuff. Um, also, go to publishersweekly.com slash comics. You can read the whole thing for yourself. But we've got the graphic canon, Mission in a Bottle is there as well. Uh, we've got Woman Rebel from, from Drawn and Quarter, an amazing um, biography of Margaret Sanger by Peter Bagg, of all people. Uh, so it's a got, very unusual choice for we've him. We've got manga. We've got um, Boxers and Saints by Gene Luing Yang, uh, his really extraordinary um, two-book release Quite about something. The, the Boxer Rebellion. So, I, you know, I could go on and on, but I will anyway, not. Anyway, you should uh, just go, check out the uh, story. To, it's a, a story if you're looking it. for a gift for that special yes. person, this, uh, this is your guide. All right. Yes. So on that note, news briefs. On that note, news briefs. Um, Madefire has just gotten $5.2 million in investments with the help of True Ventures uh, to further invest in their motion comics and other digital comics ventures. Um, in Should we talk about that a little bit? Should we? Just, okay. Just very quickly. Let's talk about it a little bit. I mean, Madefire is a, a digital comics platform Basically, they create these sort of partially animated mm. interactive comics. Um, uh, there's a number of interesting um, professionals involved in it. Isn't it Dave Gibbons who's yeah. doing who's he's, doing one he's of them? Involved with them. Uh, uh, Sharp uh, is involved. Yeah. Um, they've also got to deal with DeviantArt, where basically yeah. you can create motion books on the DeviantArt site. They've got media tools up there. And they've, they, they, they've also struck a deal with IDW, Top Cow. Yeah, they're, they're, they're to trying a lot of, of very properties. interesting things. Yeah. So it's but, an interesting. Um, they're they're kind of more of a company on the verge than a company that has arrived yet. So for them to get five point two million dollars yeah. is really quite impressive. Yeah. And they're even doing some behind the scenes stuff with DC Comics on their interactive. Right, comics. right. Yeah. Well, they read some of the programming. I mean, yeah. Madefire is interesting in that they present themselves as both a publisher and a platform. Yes. And they really yes. are aiming to uh, present themselves. Uh, I think what this VC money is is as. Um, a trans transfer house that will take comics and and transfer them to the new uh, format, but also create material that is in this motion comics format. And even though we use motion comics as a very derided and uh, laughed at term, uh, uh, many people love it. Yeah, well, I would say well, I know I wouldn't say many people love yeah, it, but I'd say what they're talking they about. They sell. They sell. Somebody little, has to buy yeah. them. But I, I think what, what my, my my point is that I think what they're doing is animating them in a way that's more clever. So it's yes. not really, even though it's. I think the term may. If, if, if it's what they're doing the is way, of yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's not it's, the worst of motion. It, it doesn't comics. look like reading Rainbow anymore. We all anymore. know what no, I'm talking no, about. No, it doesn't uh, look like where they had the legs. Remember yeah, when they had it, the it, legs? It's yeah. not like that. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a lot more tastefully done. You know, now whether or not uh, most comics fans will actually like it, we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm uh, I like some, and I'm not so crazy about others. So. That's not so from any other will. media. Yeah. That said, they're a really interesting company, and they're obviously they're attracting uh, venture capital, uh, uh, yeah. which suggests they must be on the right path yeah. towards somewhere. We'll find out. Well, not necessarily. Well, just, well, they're on a path. They're on a they're path. They're on a path, and they got five point two million dollars out of it. And we will be following so, them hey. to see uh, if they fall down. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, speaking of near Comic Con, uh, Marvel has been putting out teaser announcements. They're not going to to uh, do what some publishers have done in recent years and and not really announce their new books at a con. Oh no, they've got five, no six major books which they have sort of teased 
from major creators, but they won't tell us what they are. The big announcement will be at the con. There's, um, they had these teaser posters with just one word on them. And so Trial is going to be by Brian Michael Bendis and Stuart Emmerman. The word Judgment is attached to a comic by Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli. We like Sarah Pacelli very much. Um, Mind Bubble is got Rick Remender, Pascal Uxie, and Nick Klein. I think that's going to be Modoc. Possibly, <laughs> although Rick Remender did create a new character called Doctor Mind Bubble. So make of oh. this what you will. Um, okay, dope. Rad by Dan Slott and Mike Alred. I've heard a lot of speculation that this might be a Silver Surfer book. I think uh, that one's pretty obvious, especially since the logo mm, was silver. True. Oh. Uh, but, you know, Dan Slott and Mike Alred would be a very interesting team to have on a Silver Surfer book. Cool. Um, quote, unquote, The End by Dan Slott and Giuseppe Carmichale. I don't know where that's going. We shall see. And Corporate by Peter David and... Uh, Carmine, um, D. I am. Sorry. Yeah, I think we'll just have to move. Well, I'm on. sorry, Carmine. Whatever your last name is, <laughs> okay. we're bad at it. Right. Um, but yes, and so all of these will be announced at the con. But one that was announced before the con is we're getting She-Hulk back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, some hey. of us love She-Hulk. Hey, I like She-Hulk hey, too. Well, who doesn't like She-Hulk? Jesus. Big green babe that's a lawyer too. Okay. Come on. <laughs> and not to mention funny. Hot, hot, hot. Uh, Charles Soule and Javier Polito are going to be on the new She-Hulk book, and that's a very good team for She-Hulk, and it's got a She-Hulk in it. So yeah. And uh, what Charles Soule is actually a real-life lawyer. So, uh, you <laughs> that know, helps. And, you know, uh, Calvin, they just announced today, this is for you, they announced Marvel uh, that Felipe Smith will be writing one of their new books. Whoa, yeah. really? So, you know, that, that they're that'll be some, interesting. some new creators on, some new voices. I think uh, that's pretty cool. I think they're yes. going to have to put a muzzle on Felipe. Yeah, well, <laughs> that is true, too. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time for a comic creator, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, um, but, uh, it, it, that's usually not his vein. <laughs> but there you go. Oh, that's awesome. I guess Felipe's back in the States now, or is he? Uh, I yeah. don't know. Well, right. um, yeah. we've run through our briefs. But okay. we have one more brief. This is the first episode of More to Come, where we're using our new, Ooh, new technical te- technology. setup. So if we sound really awesome... Uh, it's all due to Kate. Yes. We we have a soundboard now. And it better be like, because I forgot to make a backup tape. So. Yeah, so this is our <laughs> so one and be, only. It's got to work. Yeah. <laughs> we live in well, hope. There, there will be more to come on this well, subject, dear listeners. Well, Kate's a superhero to more us. More to come. <laughs> all right, and, I'm, and I, as I'm going to say from now on, um, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes. iTunes. And please do. And you can come and stream our podcast uh, podcasts past and present through the publisher's weekly website if you prefer yeah that's right but please subscribe it through itunes yes please do that (laughs) please leave a comment if you like this if you like this podcast please leave a comment on our itunes page we're a little bit down in our ratings or not down in our ratings we don't i think we have any we've got yeah we've got two or three reviews and they're Really nice reviews, but, please, but we, we can, can always, always use, more. use more because you know then uh, we get yeah. uh, candy. Besides which, and, and then let people us know what you won't think. think that it's like our family writing them up there. So please, <laughs> <laughs> so please come up Mom, and give us get off my <laughs> iTunes <laughs> page. We like third party reviews, <laughs> yes, please. Thank so. you. All right. Anyway, all right. All well, right. Uh, uh, next time our New York Comic Con, I survived yes. or I didn't survive. So yes. Oh, and we have a few interviews. Um, which managed to sneak in from Baltimore Comic-Con and SPX. Yes, I know, an embarrassment of riches. Keep listening. All right. Okay, uh, welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's um, podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. We're podcasting, you know, live more or less from SPX, the Small Press Expo in uh, Bethesda, Maryland, uh, at the Bethesda Marriott, uh, really one of the premier uh, indie comic small press festivals in, in in the country, and we're here talking with Tom Kaczynski. Am Kaczynski. I K- Kaczynski? Yeah. Pardon me for mangling no your name. Uh, uh, both uh, publisher of Uncivilized Books and an artist in his own right. And I'm I'm blanking on the name of your book, and I apologize. Sure. It's, uh, it's beta testing the apocalypse. Yeah, beta testing Out apocalypse. Fanographics. Yes, uh, <laughs> a, a book that I really loved. Um, really terrific. And he is not only a you know a fine comics artist, but a publisher as well. Uh, 
uh, among the artists she's published is Gabrielle Bell, her, her book. Uh, so um, thanks for giving us some time on more to come. Sure, thanks. <laughs> um, maybe you could uh, give us a little background on yourself and on your publishing company. Sure. Um, I've always wanted to do comics um, uh, ever since you know I first read them when I was like 10 years old, uh, and I started making them from that point on. And even back then, I think I was kind of had a, like a, a little bit of a publishing bug because every comic that I drew, I would actually draw a cover, I would draw a logo, I would draw a price on there, uh -huh. <laughs> a, a, the edition number and all this stuff. So I was always packaging things already at that point. And uh, so it, they kind of go hand in hand for me in many ways. Yeah. Um, tell us about, well, how did you go from that? Well, yeah, you're saying, I guess you, you always kind of had it in you. But, you know, on a practical level, uh, when did you start publishing? Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, I got you know I got into the sort of the self-publishing uh, scene back in the '90s. Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of mini comics. Um, I had mini comics in Fact Sheet Five, um, uh -huh. and um, so I was kind of used to doing this on my own for my own work. Um, and eventually, at some point, um, I started talking to other artists, and they liked what I was mm -hmm. doing in terms of the design and the, the production on the books. And I uh, started working with other artists, mm -hmm. like at first with Gabrielle, kind of like on a you know, one-time basis, but then mm -hmm. it, it just turned into more and more, mm -hmm. and uh, and started working with more and more artists, and eventually it seemed to make sense to become a publisher. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about Gabrielle Bell's work, because I mean, I mean, Gabrielle, I mean, I'm, I, I was at, before I knew much about you, I was just wondering who is this guy that she's publishing with? How did how did you two end up? coming together on that particular book. Sure. And um, this is Voyeurs. Uh, Voyeurs. Well, we did a, a few mini-comics before that. Mm -hmm. um, there was, uh, we did um, a comic called uh, L.A. Diary, mm -hmm. San Diego Diary, and a couple others. And, um, but we, were, you know, we've been friends, uh, me and Gabrielle were friends for a while. We were in the same drawing group in New York ah, I see. For, uh, for a number of years. And um, so we've kind of stayed in touch. And uh, she came one uh, one year to Minneapolis uh, to do um, like a talk at MCAD, the Minneapolis mm -hmm, College of sure. Art and Design, mm -hmm. where I teach comics. And um, and there was also a, a book festival there, and it seemed like a natural thing to sort of put out this like one time only, mm -hmm. like let's do this thing where like we put out this mini comic, and uh, let's see what what happens. And we got really great response, and we ended up doing more and more. Um, and at some point, we ended up doing the book. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and a really extraordinary book, and one of PW's best books of the year. Yeah, uh, yeah, which was great to see. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, that was pretty easy to pick it. It really was. Uh, it, who are some of the other artists that you published? Uh, well, there's uh, there's James Romberger, um, oh, which I did post-York. Yes, you, post did, York. Yes, you yep. did post-York, yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, um, uh, nominated for an Eisner. That's right, yeah. that's right. Um, uh, working with uh, John Lewis uh, with True Swamp. Um, oh, yes, yep. absolutely. Uh, then recently, uh, mm -hmm. we put out a bunch of books. Um, there's a da uh, David Bay, um, uh, Incidents in the Night. Mm -hmm. um, working with Kevin Heisenga and Dan Zatwak on Amazing Facts and Beyond. Cool. And uh, Zach Sally, working with him on Sammy the mm -hmm. Mouse. Mm -hmm. And then we debuted a book by a young cartoonist, Peter Wartman. Uh, it's his first book. It's called Over the Wall. It's like an all-ages, young adult type book. I just got uh, the copy of it. Thank yep. you so much for giving me that. I really appreciate <laughs> yep. it. Yep, it's, uh, it's, it's doing really well. Um, he's getting great response. He's yeah. a really, really natural artist. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Great. And um, uh, what, what about SBX? How, uh, what, uh, what's been your uh, involvement with SBX? I mean, I love it. It's yeah. really <laughs> a, a terrific show. But yeah. Uh, I've been coming. The, my first SPX was in '98. Mm -hmm. uh, I came here. I did terribly. It was a, the fun. It was a super fun show, but I sold like five comics, and um, I met. But I met, met a bunch of cartoonists, and mm -hmm. you know, um, and and you know, kept coming back. Um, missed a couple of years here and there, but mm -hmm. uh, but mostly it's one of my favorite shows. Um, it's great that it's sort of in this hotel where all the artists are together, yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, everybody sort of—it's uh, like camp comics or something. Where you know, uh, and I just come down for one day. I come down early in the morning, but it's—it's it's so easy to get here. I mean, mm -hmm. I take the Amtrak down, then I take sure. the metro here. It's sitting right on top of the metro station. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, you couldn't have a better organized and yeah. laid out. Yeah, yeah. Place no, for it's a, a great—it's a great a show. Small press show. Yeah, even though it's a little bit in a kind of a suburban weird yeah. area, but it's still pretty easy to get to. Um, and you know, for me, it's. It's kind of like it's the gold standard, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. It, this and TCAF are yeah, sort of the two a, great I mean, shows. It seems as though I, we're seeing around the country other 
festivals crop yeah. up. And, yeah, and I was I, actually involved in our top take. I don't know. The, oh, I've the heard about. Yes, yeah, I haven't been to these, but yeah. Events. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and I, I think I, I think I'm saying this on all of our, my podcasts, but I do, <laughs> but I'm gonna, so I'm going to say it again anyway. But it, it seems as though SBX is in some ways the, probably the model for some of these shows. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was one of the first ones, and it's you know it's persevered for a really long time, and it's you know it's it's kind of gone up and down, but it's always reinvents itself and yeah. and, and stays fresh. And um, uh, yeah, you know, when, when we were putting the, the Autoptic Festival in Minneapolis, you know, SBX was one of the shows we, you know, we always looked at and, and you know, took ideas from, essentially. Um, that and TCAP were sort of our, our big kind of, you know. Well, what about this year? This is a bigger show. I mean, mm-hmm. the hall mm-hmm. is bigger. They've, like, expanded yeah, into yeah. Uh, an, an adjoining mm-hmm. kind of room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's bigger. Uh, uh, some people sort of saying it's great. There's more people. It seems, but maybe uh, sales are a little slower. Uh, what, what, um, can you make any kind of comparison? Yeah, I mean, last year was kind of like a really gangbuster year for SBX. Mm-hmm. At least for us, um, we did really, really well. Um, this year, it's hard to say because it's still day one. But um, it's you know feels a little bit slower. I mean, it, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of people. Um, but maybe because there's more exhibitors, it's, the sales are a little bit more diluted, out, you know. Um, so, who, you know, I can't really say until until it's all over, but um, it's 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 good. It's going well. It's a but, comfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 bigger, but it's more comfortable. I mean, just if, for one thing, uh, for instance, there are more interests into and out of the hall, which is actually yeah. kind of nice. <laughs> that is that is nice. It is nice. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 easier to get around. It's no, it's it's really nice and. Kind of, we'll see. You know, we'll see how this mm-hmm. how this does and how this can move forward too. You know, it's the first. That's it's always hard to do something new. You know, so when you expand sure. the show, it's always going to be a little bit of a you know a little bit of a test. Sure. You know, to see what happens. So what's next? Uh, what have you, you? I know you've got a, a new book coming out. And yep. what? Who else are you publishing? What else is coming up? Uh, well, I'm doing. To? Yeah, there's more books coming out this year. Um, one from uh, Jean Sfar, um, oh, which hi. is uh, Pasquin. Cool. Um, yep. Uh, excited about that. You've one. got some good <laughs> artists, man. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. Um, also, I'm started uh, doing uh, books about comics. Um, I'm doing a series of books, kind of like I, I don't know if you remember those BFI books, like about movies. Oh um, yeah, or sure. Or the mm-hmm. thirty-three and a third books about. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So it's a similar series, um, but about comics. Great. Um, and the first book in the series is uh, by Brian Evanson, who's a famous mm-hmm. novelist, um, amazing writer, uh, and he's writing about Yummy Fur, Chester Brown's Yummy Fur, about its transition wow. from. From uh, from mini comics to comics to graphic novel. Really, so. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the, the the books that is sort of um, a key element in my own sort of like oh yeah, it's, yeah that's an amazing book. Yeah, that's a that's a really great book, mm-hmm. and for for certain people for a certain generation, it's like a very very key book. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It is for me as yeah. well. So, <laughs> and your own book. Uh, my own book is uh, Trans Terra, uh, which collects some of uh, my sort of more philosophical mini comics, and that um, should hopefully be out by the uh, Cab with Comics Arts Brooklyn mm-hmm. ah, yes. um, mm-hmm. show in November. You're right. Yeah. And you, you, you mentioned maybe something else with Gabrielle. Oh yes, uh, there will be another book with Gabrielle that's coming in spring next year. So great. it's a little bit further ahead. <laughs> awesome. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Tom, look. Oh, wait, one more thing. And you're going to be uh, at the Brooklyn Book Festival. I will be there on a panel. Yep, yep a week from today. Um, I'll be. I'll be there. I'll be actually doing a signing at um, uh, Bergen Street Comics. There's a big fanographic signing there. I'll be part of that. And I'll be doing a panel um, on um, on nonfiction and comics. Uh, one of the Co, uh, co-panel panel people will be um, uh, Ed Piscor. So ah, great! Uh, yeah. So should be, I'm looking. I'm really Ed looking forward. Ed has a great new book out now. Yeah, his, yeah. Uh, Hip Hop Family the Tree. Book. Yeah, no, yeah. that looks great. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I used to live in New York, so I'm really happy to sort of go back and visit again. You know, awesome. Don't, well, don't, don't do come on back home, man. <laughs> okay. Look, Tom, thank you so much for yeah. being on More to Come. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks yeah. for having me. You bet. <laughs> All right.